Hi, everybody. I'm George, and this is The Best Little Horror House in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. And I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest. You might know him as Spoon, The Spoon Man, Mitchie Two Spoons, Night Spoon, Dorito Kid, Mr. Slice, or even just Mitch. He's a birthday boy and one of the hosts of the Doughboys. Please welcome Mike Mitchell. Welcome, pal. Hey, thanks for having me. You listening off those nicknames makes me think of how, like the show's gone on for too long. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I love it every time you get a new one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Uh, a long time in the making. I'm I'm happy to finally uh, to finally be on. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait. Well, we're thrilled to have you on here, and you know this is something that I have been trying to put in motion for a while, just because you've talked about horror a little bit on your mm-hmm. own show, Doughboys, but it's always in the context of like this scared the crap out of me as a kid. Like The Exorcist, I know you've talked about. You've t- mentioned Child's Play, which is the movie we're talking about today. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. sort of what it was like growing up, like your relationship to horror and sort of if that's changed as you've gotten older. Man, yeah. So, I mean, it definitely has changed just because I like, I don't think that I can ever have like the fear I once had as a <laughs> child that, that the, the I mean, I still get myself freaked out by some movies, you know, like if I watched a conjuring or something alone, I think I'd still be kind of freaked out, but just that complete fear in you know, I'd be paralyzed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to sleep in my own bedroom. Like, I slept in my. I slept between my mom and my dad for way too long, <laughs> um, all the way up till uh, till graduation in high school. <laughs> I, I, it was. It was. I was. I was always. I was just always so afraid of of ghosts. Or I mean, I'm an I'm an '80s kid. I was born in '82, so I mean, I don't know if you can really say you're an '80s kid, but my childhood was just filled. With like Jason and and Freddy and Chucky, yeah, right in the prime and, of it. Yeah, some 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 of the big hitters came in around there, and they and they really scared the shit out of me. I like I rem- my birthday is around Halloween, so we'd always go to like uh, like a haunted hayride or something. Oh, that's fun. Or we like have people over and they would dress up for Halloween. And I remember like Mike Green down the street would come dressed as like Freddy Krueger <laughs> and. All, all the older kids would just try to scare me. You know what I mean? Like they would, they would show me stuff that would scare me. That's they what you gotta about, do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was just that sort of thing of. And I was, I was a kid that was like, you could scare pretty easy. I, I was afraid of like watching Gremlins when I was really young. Like Gremlins kind of freaked me out the first one. Yeah. And then I finally got over that fear a little bit. And then when I, I go to my friends, the Tufos house, and their house is supposedly haunted. <laughs> and the mom would tell stories about the house being haunted. And then like later that night, we'd watch like Troll. Like Troll would be on, and Troll scared me so much. The, it's funny because Troll 2 is like they made a movie like the worst movie of all time or whatever it's right, called. Right, the best worst movie ever made, I think. The, be- the best worst movie ever made. And... I saw the opening of that movie at my next door ma- neighbor's house, and I was like so scared. I could, like I was so afraid of Troll Two, which is seen as like the like such a horrible movie. But I always kind of I was I was always terrified, but interested in stuff like that and ghost stories and stuff like that. And then by the time I hit like you know like middle school and high school, I was able to kind of like watch some of it, USA Up All Night, things like that, where I would see kind of older horror movies I'd never seen before and some B-movies. The Stuff, I remember going over to my friend Justin's house and talking about The Stuff. Larry Cohen, a classic. We we talked about it in front of his dad. He was like, did you see The Stuff? And I was like, yeah, I saw The Stuff. And his dad's like, what stuff? What are you talking about? <laughs> he was confused. Just, uh, just a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff like that. I, I'd, I'd, I'd always been around it. I always 
enjoyed it, but it wasn't until middle school, high school when I wasn't as scared of it as much. And then like college, I got into some of the deeper stuff and, you know, the Dawn of the Dead remake came out when I was in college and I had, and I got into Romero stuff kind of right before that and day of the dead which i want to do really bad i always i have i have a couple buddies this bug main and 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 i used to live with jack allison and i'd play parts of day of the dead and i love that movie so much and i was so bummed to hear jack stole it <laughs> yeah. i loved that movie forever jack did it on here it's like it's 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 up there with as as some of my like one of my favorite horror movies and the thing the thing is like my top 20 movies of all time so yeah i love the thing i i love day of the dead is my favorite of the romero movies oh me too <clears throat> i think it's incredible i think that you know this is not not to take away from the first two which are incredible in their own right but just the questions that day of the dead is asking and the scares in it and the fact that joe Pilato is just going absolutely buck wild in there great great movie and the thing i, I always say that the thing is like the Venn diagram middle section for me of actually scary and actually good. And like, yeah. it's, it's got both things just firing at all cylinders and seen as a failure. It's so crazy to me that it was seen as a failure. It's just, it's, it, it looks incredible to this day. Yeah. When I, I, so I saw the thing probably like my sophomore or junior year in college. So I even saw it kind of late. This is 2002 or 2003 but before there was kind of, uh, like a thing renaissance, a thing I feel like a thing renaissance. I, I feel like I feel like people really, like really started loving the thing, and then the the sequel came around when I was in L.A. and I was really excited for that, and you know it wasn't great, but I I I, I was blown away in in school just see, seeing a movie that's like you know like whatever twenty years old 20 plus years old and and being like at that time and being like this looks cooler and is scarier than any <laughs> horror movie i've seen recently yeah. you know and and um yeah R romero stuff i got into big when i was in college and i love day day is day to me is just it just there's so much doom and gloom in that movie <laughs> and it and people are like oh i love the feel of the 70s mixed in with 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 uh dawn of the dead and it gives a really weird vibe and for me that's it's the same thing with day but with the 80s there's there's just a corrupt empty feeling in that movie and the opening is the opening's so good it's when so when, good. <laughs> when they're calling for people in, the, in in miami i think it is and and you slowly see the dead come out and an alligator and the newspaper <laughs> blows over it's i love that movie so much it it to me that is his it's his it's his best movie and then i remember when i came to la like the first year land of the dead came out too and you know what i like i like land i like parts of land yeah. like uh I loved it when I saw it at the time, and then I've revisited and been like, oh, okay, I see its shortcomings and stuff like that, but especially the opening to land. I mean, that's what we all wanted. That's the the feeling in, in Day of the Dead where that opening set piece and you see all the zombies coming out, I feel like people just wanted more of that. Romero fans wanted more of that world and to see more of that and to, and, and to feel that kind of that, that, that have that feeling of we lost and yeah. it's, it's inescapable. You're surrounded by they, they now run the major cities and how do you deal with that? And, and, and that's what I was hoping land to be like, and you get glimpses of it and it's, and there are great moments in, of it, but day still that, that opening is just like, it's so good. Absolutely. It's, 
it blows me away. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I agree that land has some interesting stuff going on. And I think that you're really right about what people were looking for because Day of the Dead, you know, it does start off with this great zombie thing where everyone is like all these zombies are coming out of the woodwork. And then so much of it just cuts back to the, to the base and it's just focused yeah. on humanity being its own worst enemy and tearing itself apart. And then I can understand why somebody would be like, oh, I, I came here for more zombies than this. <laughs> so. Oh, of, of course. And it, and it works so well, just that tension. And then in the end, yeah. just the insane. Some of the effects at the end of that are cool. Untouchable. Are just, it's untouchable. And it's just some of the fucking grossest shit outside of like the fly. Yeah. The fly in Day of the Dead. Just some of the goriest stuff yeah. you could you could <laughs> when, ever see. And when Pilato so gets real. ripped in half, <laughs> it's insane. I mean, the vocal cord stretching to me is oh, man. the vocal cord stretching to me is. He's like, ah, and it goes. You're just like, how can? How did a person even think of that? When I was seeing, <laughs> watching it. I mean, what the first time I watched it, it's like watching a snuff film or something it, it feels like you shouldn't be seeing it mm-hmm. it feels like uh the, the faces of death or something it, it doesn't feel right when you when 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 you're watching when you're watching the ending of day of the dead for the first time and i remember i was in college and i was a sophomore in college and i, I saw i had it on tv the first time i watched it i think and just calling my friend and at the time of being like this movie's fucked up i like need to talk to somebody it's too fucked up. I'm I'm an adult and I'm, you know, whatever, sophomore in college. I'm 20 years old and I needed to talk to someone because it was cuz that scene just got to me so much. And then I feel The Ring came out when I was that same year actually. I, the the Gore Verbinski's The Ring. Right. And I really I really loved The Ring when it first came out. I think it I think it is a great horror movie. Still, I think it really works and obviously the original Ringu is amazing, but I loved it back in the day and me and my roommate, Matt Grana, and the two uh, women who lived uh, the floor below us, we went and all watched it as a group. And afterwards, I remember the women were like, the two the two girls were like, well, we, we were that wasn't that scary. And me and Matt were like, yeah, it was fine. And then in our room, we like turned the TV around and had it face the wall because we were so terrified. And uh, the, the two women we went with... Uh, Besides probably being bummed out that they were with us, they also they just were not scared of the movie. They, they it did not affect them at all. Wow. Uh, not 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 to say that there's any that there ever is any uh, gender line as far as 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 who is afraid to, of movies and who's not. But that that we me and my roommate Matt were we were freaked out by the ring, and and both of us were like we're not having any of it. We and and I feel I feel like horror kind of went down. The ring is great in some ways, and then that kind of was what it was for a while and there was the grudge remake and and a lot of things like that and it it got into a place where whatever i feel like was 13 ghosts around that too (laughs) and then the remake of that yeah yeah it did kick off a big like import horror kind of wave where they were like all right let's just do a bunch of these remakes we actually just recently covered the ring on this show and it was my first time watching it because I wow. I was pretty young when it came out. I was too young to get into the movie, even though it was yeah. PG-13. And I was also very scared at the time. I was like, there's no way I'm going to go see this movie. And so... Samara is scary. She's it's a very, so scary. I was still really, scary. really freaked out watching this movie the other week. It's scary. That, that turn at the end when the kid's like, why'd you do that? You, you shouldn't have let her like whatever you shouldn't have let her free or you shouldn't have saved her or whatever they do yeah 
and you realize like, oh fuck, she's just like evil. <laughs> and then what a twist. And then watching her crawl out of the TV at the end is 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 and uh, yeah, I mean that that it, Gore does a good job in that with that movie. It just is it's really spooky. It worked really well for me. And I know that some people are are so like it's only the original and fuck the remake, but it worked. Yeah, it, yeah why not? <laughs> it, it 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 worked for me. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but I but I but I've been a fan ever since then and like when I'm in LA, there's there's uh, Neil Campbell and Paul Russ will sometimes do like a horror movie marathon uh, on Halloween, like or around Halloween, where we'd watch movies all day, and they'd range from it would go from something that's not that scary, like um, uh, is it Scary Buddies, like the the Air Bud, <laughs> uh, sp- maybe Spooky Buddies or something. <laughs> Like that will be the first movie they play, or like I can't think of a good example right now. But oh, you know what, Mister Boogity? Like it would be Mister Boogity is the first movie, and then the last movie is like Cannibal Holocaust or something like that. Like it's it's it it goes from something light to something dark. Yeah, like new wave French horror or something like that. Like the French, what is it? French, French, yeah, French extremity. Yeah, French extremity. Yeah. And stuff which I sometimes just even hard to watch, but it's fun to it's it's fun to kind of and I've seen a lot of great movies that way too. Things I never I've never heard of, but it's fun to go from something light to something grotesque, something you can't even keep your eyes on. Because a lot of that stuff works for me. I I will still turn away from the screen. I watching the fly still the arm breaking scene oh, things man. like that. I <laughs> I still it still it still gets to me. I, things like body horror and 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 things like that really. I I don't do well with so I still I still will go see a, a scary movie in theaters I love I, I I love going to the movies and I and uh, I, I always try to see whatever the new scary movie is in theaters and you know Conjuring and stuff in the last few years and I feel like I saw Mama in theaters and I loved I loved Mama when I first saw Mama in theaters uh, but there's there is a thing with newer b- big budget horror movies where I didn't. I loved Mama, and, the, and then the director directed it one and it two, and I didn't and I didn't love it one or it two. I thought they were both kind of not great. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that horror movies are now, a lot of the time, gigantic, big budget summer movies. You know, yeah. when when that was that was not always the case. But I love it all. I love all of them. I try to. I tr- I have Shutter. I try to watch as much as I can. But today we're talking about one that really affected me as as a kid so just to talk about that neil campbell paul russ marathon for a second we actually uh, neil has come on the show and we talked a little bit about sort of the curation method that he he goes through and and how he picks everything and uh it was really interesting so he's he's so good at it i mean he he they they find movies he and paul will find movies that i hadn't heard of that are that are great we watched the girl with all the gifts is that yeah. is that what it's called? Right. And I had never heard of that, and then we watched it, and now, and I loved it. And we'll just watch kind of, you know, I I feel like horror fans will know a lot of them, but stuff that a lot of people haven't haven't gotten their eyes on yet, and 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 they'll be great. Like the last few movies, there's always something cool we're watching, whether it is like you know a weird seventies horror. or like a you know pieces or something yeah. like that. And yeah. Yeah, it's helpful well, to have someone who can kind of take the deep dives and be like, Oh, here's sort of the, the best of what we've found and yeah, no. introduce it to people. We watched from, sh- uh, on shutter this last 
year we watched Z, and I liked Z quite a bit. Z was fun. Yeah, that's a fun one. I don't know if you've watched Z. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. But yes, as you say, we're, we're here to talk about Child's Play today. And mm-hmm. the best one, the best, the best horror movie ever made. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it came out in the eighties. And now one of the big things about the eighties that everyone remembers is sort of the consumerism of it all. And yeah. it started with this pretty severe recession, but people started spending again after taking cues from Reagan's opulence when he took office in 81, his inauguration cost 11 million. The new China cost over $250,000 plus malls were becoming even bigger. More companies could make mail order work. And it was everywhere in the culture with songs like material girl coming out in 1985. So it was very, very focused on sort of material wealth. And you know what? You know who benefited from that? Me, because I was getting that fucking Ninja Turtles playset. <laughs> oh yeah, I was getting, I was getting, getting sore. Yeah, I, the, every Ghostbusters toy. Wow. I mean, not everyone, but you get it. <laughs> yeah, eighties kids had it great. There were a lot of great toys back then. And Hell yeah, I, I didn't know the, I didn't know the, you know, the the opulence of the eighties like some older people did, but. <laughs> Uh, from the, the certainly the the opening of the of the movie where Child's Play comes up over a bunch of boxes of of Chucky dolls or, <laughs> or good guy dolls is relatable. I feel like going to Child. There was a place called Child World, which is kind of a creepy name. <laughs> uh, there was a place in Child World in Quincy, and th- just the opening to th- the opening to this movie, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is what it was. This is where I would. This is this is like my." Uh, my favorite place to be as a kid from whatever, you know, three to eight years old. So, yeah, I think that that is one of the things that really emerged as a cultural touchstone of the 80s is, is it, it's very reminiscent of sort of the cabbage patch chaos between yes. uh, 1983 and 1986, where parents were literally fighting to get cabbage patch dolls for Christmas. And that was a little bit before my time, but I do remember the Tickle Me Elmo debacle being pretty similar. <laughs> so, oh yeah, Tickle Me Elmo was cra- that was that was a that was one crazy Christmas. I remember <laughs> people died. I mean, like it's insane that like a, even one person died. Yeah, it's so sad over Tickle Me Elmo. Like God, hard fuck. to believe. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah, Jesus, don't don't care about this. And but that that I feel like that was the that that that's maybe like when. It was dying. It's it, that's maybe it's like it's dying breath. Not to say that there isn't, you know, you see with the PS5 or whatever this year that that people will always try to get whatever the hot toy or gaming console is or whatever. But I feel like especially in like the my buddy and me, like the it, that all maybe died with Tickle Me Elmo until a new one comes out in five years. <laughs> sure, eventually there will be a new one for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, you know, anything that's this popular as to literally incite brawls is going to create a lot of imitators. And one such imitator was the My Buddy doll, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. which was sort of a Cabbage Patch Kid aimed more at boys. Honestly, a little bit of a controversial move at the time, as I'm sure people can imagine based on how people are acting about Potato Head. You know, they, they were like, oh, you can't market a doll to boys. Like, that's just not allowed. And uh, how wrong they were. How wrong they were. Boys, I feel like <laughs> more often than not, like it will be males who collect dolls and figures into their later years, it turns out. So <laughs> they were they were right by 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 aiming some of these things at at uh, at, at at little boys. It, it worked for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, this is obviously it's not a hot take to be like, oh, you know, this is something that uh, people are overly consumeristic. And so over at UCLA, 
Don Mancini or Mancini, excuse me, was studying film and he pulled together a script based on a variety of influences, not only the aforementioned consumerism in My Buddy Dolls, but he's also mentioned the 1963 episode of The Twilight Zone called Living Doll, where mm-hmm. Talkie Tina kills the mean stepfather of her new owner. And he also mentioned the third story in the 1975 made for TV horror anthology movie Trilogy of Terror titled Amelia. Yes. Uh, wherein the doll containing the spirit of a Zuni warrior attacks and ultimately possesses the titular Amelia. So that's, that's sort right. of where his influences all came from. Which scary, I mean, it definitely is scary genre, but I feel like Child's Play perfected it. None of them, and you know what, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't a kid in whatever, the 70s when Trilogy of Terror or whatever it is came out. Is it a 70s movie or a Yeah, 75. 70s. So I don't know how effective it was back in the day, but man, Child's Play is works really well and some of those things whatever i feel like my mom saw that twilight zone episode and was in in it scared the hell out of her but they brought it into the into the modern world they they i mean they matched jason and 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 freddie on the on the same level of of eight-year-old mitch was terrified <laughs> of chucky the most yeah. of the three you know yeah i think that you're really correct about this sort of it, it is a scary genre to be sure because it's very freaky to think of like even Toy Story, if you think about it too hard, you're like, oh, I don't like the idea of these guys walking around when I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> Something safe like it's 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 just watching the movie, the the whole opening to me, so much of it just doesn't it feels like it would never work now. If I ever if I, if I was if I was reading scripts and I was giving like script notes or whatever, and someone gave me an opening where this murder, like kind of a, a serial killer type asshole, who you kind of, he is a serial killer, but he's also kind of in a gang. I don't know what the hell's going on, but this guy who gets shot and then like uses basically, I think, v- voodoo. Is it voodoo? Yeah. <laughs> to put himself into a doll and like lightning strikes in the store, like explodes. <laughs> I would be like, reading that, I'd be like, no, like this won't work. It is such a, it's such a crazy opening to that movie that it just it feels like in the modern world you it feels like a whole different genre at first it doesn't yeah it, it somehow works it works <laughs> it, it, it works it works it works really well but go on with what you were saying i'm sorry to interrupt no no well i think that it's also interesting that that opening which does surprisingly work is the second t- like run at it because originally he was going to get transferred from being in the electric chair and and like his wow. soul would zap over and so the idea that they were like, this doesn't work. Let's go back, make this voodoo magic where the lightning strikes the store and explodes. So that was, wait, so that was reshot? It wasn't reshot. It was rescripted. They Rescripted, yeah, okay. But, uh, that yeah, is wild. It is wild. And uh, the script was titled Blood Buddy and would have featured a doll that has fake blood for it if you played rough with it, which at first I was like, that is insane. That's like the worst idea for a doll I ever heard. But then I was like, oh, but there are like dolls that go to the bathroom and stuff. Of course. So I guess I this like is crazy. Blood Buddy maybe would have worked. I probably would have had one if it existed back in the day. I feel like <laughs> Blood Buddy, you just like beat it up and it will start bleeding. <laughs> it's that, a, is fucked. that is crazy. That is a, it's an interesting idea. But the idea is that Andy's blood would have mixed with the doll bringing him to life through Andy's repressed rage attacking his enemies. Mm. It was also one thing that I did think was interesting about this original script is that it was going to be kept ambiguous for longer about if the killer was Andy or the doll. Which, that's one of my big notes watching watching the movie. 
And I'm and you know they, they don't really show Chucky and and I wrote it down. I think it was like forty three minutes in or something where you finally see Chucky. Like, oh, that's Chucky. There he is. He's talking or in the in the crazy moment, especially with with Catherine Hicks, where his head twists around and, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it is really dog, which is fucking scary, scary as hell. Yeah, <laughs> super scary. But I did I did wonder because there's a world where I think you you play up that mystery to the end, and then there's a world where it's like, oh shit, Andy is Andy is the murderer. Oh my god, Andy's gone insane. And, right. and I feel like you could see a lot of movies ending that way. And honestly, I feel like even seeing Brad Dorif, uh is that how you? I didn't say his name incorrectly, right? I think so. Who's he's great, and he's I mean he's right. He's in Deadwood. He's in a bunch of stuff. Ooh. He's I love he's, him in Deadwood. He's great in The Exorcist Three as well. He's great. I mean he's he's so much fun. And he's the perfect voice of Chucky. And I I honestly don't know if seeing him before he enters Chucky, I don't know if the opening works as well like now, but I still I still do love it because even 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 if it even if whatever it feels like I was saying it feels like a completely crazy different movie almost when you're when you're watching the opening to to the scares you have later of like seeing Chucky scutter like scurry by, <laughs> but. That stuff still works, you know. It doesn't it, like it doesn't affect it to that stuff. So that stuff doesn't work. Just just the mystery side of it and all of that would have could have could have been played out a little bit more. But I still any any time any time that you get to see Chucky moving or you, you see him out of the corner of your eye, the, the fucking scariest. <laughs> it's the scary. It's it's so scary. Yeah. Just getting a little little glimpses of Chucky, and then later even seeing him just like moving. When 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 they pull all the guns out and he's really moving, yeah. also scary. But yeah, I I really agree. I think that um, this movie feels like it could have gone in like five different directions, and yeah. each one of them would have been interesting. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, I think I think I also noted that it was almost exactly halfway when Chucky his head turns around and you're like, oh shit, it is Chucky. Yeah, it's it's uh, fuck, it's fucking Chucky, and it's it's crazy that. He goes off. He like goes off into like a Chucky rant too, <laughs> which because there's a, there's a, there's a lot of stuff where you're like, oh, Chucky gets funnier later. You know, like he's not as funny here. You don't see like as much of the Chucky being like, hey, Andy, it's me. Ch-. Like like you see a little bit of that. Don't get me wrong, but in two, like <laughs> you see more Chucky, and in three, you see more Chucky, and then later on, he's he's the main he's character. Almost, He's the main character. He's comedic. You yeah. know what I mean? You're seeing so like the fear of seeing Chucky is gone. But that part, I mean, I'm sure that we'll 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 get to it. But the part where the the batteries fall out, and then she walks over to Chucky and checks and sees he has no batteries. His head spins around. That shit is terrifying. That's that's oh, that's like horror movie gold. It, yeah. it 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 rules. It's so good. And and then quick like quickly after that. He goes, he goes, he goes nuts. Yeah. And he's like, you fucking bitch. And it's like more like Chucky. It's crazy when he goes off and is like calling Catherine Hicks a bitch and a slut and this terrible stuff. And you're like, oh, that feels a little bit more like like how Chucky is later. But it's also darker and and kind of more fucked up than Chucky is later on. You know, I don't know if he... I don't know if Chucky is ever as, as fucked up as he is in this first movie ever again. Yeah, it's interesting. They kind of... I think that with the VOD ones, the the two most recent ones, not including the reboot, they kind of tried to go back that way. And I know that not everyone likes the newer ones. I happen to think that the, the two VOD ones are pretty solid. And 
especially Cult of Chucky, they really, yeah. I think, tend to go a little towards the darker side again, which is an interesting path. I, I'm not opposed to them going back this way. Yeah, I I, I mean, like, I love the, some of the campy stuff later on, too. You know, like, Seed of Chucky and Bride of Chucky are a lot of fun, and I and I... It's the craziest franchise. I mean, I tip my hat to Mancini because this movie feels like it never should have worked and it fucking worked. And then you there's people who love this movie, love this movie, and they're just fans of the franchise. And you it showed when 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 the remake came out and, and a lot of people were upset about it, too, that, oh, these people who make these movies are still really in control <laughs> of it. And and and, you know, like they are still saying and doing interesting things. Yeah, Which I think that they are. It so. would be one thing if the franchise had been like sitting there languishing for years, but like they were yeah. still putting out movies together, the steady hand of Dorif and Mancini holding it down. I don't know. It just didn't feel like it needed to happen considering they could have just let them keep going, but I guess we'll get yeah. the TV show. So the TV show should be interesting. Yeah, and the, and they're and they're involved with the TV show, so that's cool. Yeah, and hey, I love Aubrey Plaza. She's great, and 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 it was it was it was fun to go see the new Chucky. Was it just was it called Chucky? I think it's Child's Play again. It is called it's child. Oh, that's right because they have the they have the remake rights to Child's Play specifically. Right, the first movie, and uh, there's like a couple fun moments in the movie, but this. The original is so good. And, and speaking of which, just stuff that you that you touched on before, but in the opening when you when we see when we see Andy, he's like wa- he's watching a uh, oh what are, what is the Chucky world? He's watching like a good guy cartoon show. Yeah, and then he's like making breakfast for his mom, and he's using good guy cereal. <laughs> oh, that breakfast! <laughs> that breakfast is fucking gross. I mean that I did mark that down that that it, him spilling the breakfast and waking up. Catherine Hicks at 6.30 a.m. is the scariest part of the movie for me. <laughs> that fucking sucks. It's a nightmare to be woken up at fucking 6.30 and then have this disgusting breakfast of supercharred toast, which will come back later. That charred toast is a little hint of what's to come. Wow. So true. I also, I'm so surprised that the fire alarm didn't go off and wake her up first before he had a <laughs> chance to wake her up. But this kid, and he's, 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 he's making this, he's putting sugar in the super sugary cereal. A lot of sugar. <laughs> yes. And the, and then there's a, there's, there's a great thing with a good, like a, a good guy's mascot. That's giant. Like this giant, like a, disney mascot version of of chucky that's in the commercial and i was like man later later child's plays should have had like a giant chucky would be fun like a life-size chucky yeah or something like that would have been would have been so much fun uh i just Uh, checked my notes he puts three spoonfuls of sugar (laughs) wow that is your notes are good if you know the number of spoonfuls of sugar because it's fucking na- it's nasty. Well, I I took note specifically of that because I was truly losing my mind watching this as he puts like a huge spoonful of margarine on the burnt toast and everything. Too. Fucking it's so na- it's so <laughs> it's so disgusting. And then Carol Carol from Empty Nest is the one who uh is the one who fucks everything up by seeing the Chucky doll being being sold in the alleyway. <laughs> And 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 wow, seals. I didn't even think of that it is her fault. It is her fault. The whole thing is her fault. <laughs> she's. Yeah. I mean, she's helping her friend out, but she, 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 she seals her fate by uh, so. by by yeah, telling Catherine Hicks that 
there's a Chucky available. And so uh, basically they, he had this script and, and there were a few interested producers who wanted to make it, including Charles Band, who went on to make mm-hmm. his own famous puppet horror movies, which is the Puppet Master franchise. Wow. Yeah. He, he said, I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> puppet Master also... Those 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 spooked me as a kid too. Those that 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 worked. Yeah, that, those are fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. But David Kirshner, who people might know as one of the writers of American Tale, was also mm-hmm. one of uh, he was a producer at United Artists. And after reading the Dollhouse Murders, a book where a dollhouse reenacts the murder of a young girl's grandparents by their handyman, he correctly decided that dolls are creepy as hell, and he wanted to make a movie about them. Great call. I mean, they are. They're creepy as hell. Yeah. Absolutely. And so he he told the readers at UA to dig through the pile, and uh, they pulled out Blood Buddy, uh, which actually was originally titled Batteries Not Included. And then they had John LaFia rewrite it to Blood Buddy to make it less of a whodunit, and he took out Andy out of the running as a suspect earlier to make him more sympathetic. And this is also when uh, Charles Lee Ray gets moved to the magic spell in the toy store instead of the electric chair. What do you think? Do you think it would have been a better move to have a, to keep the who done it? I can't tell because seeing the doll seeing Chucky but also of course at the end you could have revealed that it was still Chucky and it would have been terrifying, yeah. you know, that it actually was the doll. But I don't know. I I honestly I honestly can't tell what's the better move there. I think that it would have been a better one shot. But I think that this is better for the long run. Yeah, of course. For for franchise sake, it's 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 much yeah. better. And it and you know what the crazy thing is is that I, I I noted this is that 14 minutes in, and you already see Chucky kind of moving around, like you know not not but just 14 minutes into the movie, Chucky has been purchased and he is and he's like looking at the TV or whatever, you know. Yeah. These creepy things where he's blinking or like turning his attention <laughs> towards the TV to hear about his. His friend that he wants to murder. Right. Yeah. The directors that they had considered were William Friedkin, speaking wow. of The Exorcist. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, and Irvin Kirshner, no relation to the producer I just mentioned, David Kirshner. Mm-hmm. Before Steven Spielberg, who had worked with David as a producer on American Tale, recommended Tom Holland. Um, I like Tom Holland's work a lot. He wrote Psycho 2, which is shockingly good. Yep. And then he also wrote and directed Fright Night three years prior to this movie, which I like a lot as that's well. That's right, yeah. And that's where Detective Mike. That's um, right. Uh, Chris Sarandon. He's, Chris Sarandon. He's great. He was married, married to, early on to Susan Sarandon. That's how Susan Sarandon has the last name Sarandon. It's from, uh, it's from this guy. There you go. <laughs> A little fun fact. I didn't even know that she kept that as her. She kept the the the, the her name Susan Sarandon as a stage name, and she, wow. after they they split up at one point. But right, hey, I love Susan Sarandon. She's great. She's fantastic. But uh, the like you said, Brad Dorif is really kind of dialed in on Chucky, which the role of Charles Lee Ray, which is the human name of him is a triple portmanteau between Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. And like we said, he's great in Deadwood, he's great in The Exorcist 3, but they had considered a few other people for the voice of Chucky, not necessarily Charles Lee Ray. Although they did consider John Lithgow for Charles Lee Ray. But I'm not sure he has the sort of gleeful chaos energy <laughs> that uh, that Yeah, Dorf I can't brings. see that. I can't man, I mean, I also just think of him so lovingly. He's he's always he always plays roles where he's a lot of the time where he's kind of a lovable guy. So I, Someone hasn't watched Footloose enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know what? I, I'm sure he could have pulled it off, but Brad Dorf is is great in the role. Yeah, and Char- you know what? Charles Lee Ray works. The name works for me. I get that they're pulling from a bunch of serial killers, but it works. It works well. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, they, they did the voice of Chucky in post-production. And so they had even tested a cut where it was done by Jessica Walters. And he was like, hey, the devil was voiced by a lady in The Exorcist, and that worked. But the audiences didn't respond well to this. And he liked her performance, but wasn't thrilled with how it fit into the movie. So ultimately, they just went back to Brad, which I think was the right move. Because he he does yeah. transition so perfectly and really keep it... Uh, Keep it steady. Oh, I I agree. I mean, like, especially in the later on in the series, but like I was saying, that voice of like, "I'll fucking kill you" is <laughs> is is scary as hell. And then also like, "Come on, Andy!" Like when he's talking like that, when he's the trying voice to be works, the, the, the nice guy, the good guy. He's trying, to be, he's trying to be a good guy. He's like, it it's it 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 works really really well. So I think perfect casting. I I, I think I think I think I think Brad is is great in the movie. Absolutely. Andy Barclay is played by Alex Vincent. I think he does a good job. He, it's, you know, kid acting is so tough. He does a good job. There's He does one particularly bad line, and it's at the end of the movie. This is the end, friend, when he does that. Yeah, it's not great. It's, that it's, one's not great. It's not great, and it's also, like, so not worth it for that line because Chucky doesn't die there. Like, that is not – I know that, that it's like, yeah, we got him or whatever, but Chucky comes back to life – moments later yeah it's also so like, is this six-year-old gonna like be like yeah i had thought of the perfect one-liner <laughs> yeah it's, it's just that 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 one-liner doesn't work that well but all the stuff going around uh, going on around then is rules but the one-liner doesn't 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 do it but he does he does do a good job it's of course child acting is so hard and i think the kid is good in that way of he actually does feel like a kid which is maybe exactly. the most important part of this movie is yep. you need it to feel like a little kid and it feels like a little kid. And when he's just right, I wrote down here when when you see him like the doll whispering to him, and Ooh. which and which is which is like the kid just acting and holding the doll up to his his ear or whatever. It's it's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary and it looks good. And then you know we get the moment where Chucky's looking at the TV and watching the new like when the when Carol from Empty Nest comes out and she gets shocked that the doll is sitting there with the news <laughs> on. It's so it's so fucking scary. Uh, and works well. And then the POVs. That's see. That's the thing. Is like the POVs are so scary when you get Chucky's first POV. And I feel like you could have played with that longer with with the Andy thing. But mm. I don't know. It, they they made, they of course made the right choice. Right. Um. Yeah. And you know, like you said, his his feeling like a kid who is sort of swept up in this. I think is the most important part of it. You know, it's not something like Sixth Sense where he has to have this sort of grounded adultness about him. Uh, yeah, this he needs to feel like a six year old and the kind of kid who would be desperate to have this toy and would be thrilled and, and obsessed with it and everything. I think it does work. Yeah, you. I mean, look, you don't want to see this child stabbed. Not that you want to <laughs> see any child stabbed, but you, they're like, this is a poor little kid. Yeah. I, I don't want I don't I'm, I'm I feel I am nervous that this kid's going to get killed or, or his body's going to get taken over by this by this fucking psycho doll. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's even to the point where he's so sympathetic that. The reason he got the role is because when he was like talking to the casting people, he didn't want to say the word bitch in the audition when he's like, Chucky said, Aunt Carol's a bitch or something like that. That's so funny. <laughs> um, and so he pretended to forget the line and he did it like several times and they uh, believed it until he started crying because he was just like, I don't want to say the word bitch. 
that's so i mean that's so funny and cute that's a what a nice kid he yeah. uh, you know i'm happy he got the part yeah and and, and, and you know what that line is <laughs> this is the end friend I, you know it's good i'm just gonna say it's good i like it <laughs> You're off the hook, Andy. Alex. You're off the hook, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you said, Andy's mom is played by Catherine Hicks, who I think is absolutely fantastic in this movie as the beleaguered mom trying to do her best. She's great. Yeah. And um, met her husband on this movie. That's right. Uh, over two decades they've been together now. Kevin Yeager. Um, and Kevin Yeager designed the animatronic, um, which these kind of robotics were really in their infancy at the time. And he was only 24 when he started working on Child's Play. And, wow. and now he's an icon for these things. I mean, he designed the yeah. Crypt Keeper as well, which is a personal favorite of mine. And that robot actually reused the eyes from the Chucky doll. Wow. That makes so much sense. He has those bl- like kind of blue eyes, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Those eyes are are fucking creepy. <laughs> especially especially when you see him burnt up and you still see his oh man his bluish eyes. That's oh right. man, yeah. So good. And it actually took up to nine puppeteers to work the various animatronics. Uh including uh I was watching the behind the scenes stuff and they were like controlling the face pieces through this like neat rig that just like mimicked their uh their facial motions and everything and then they also used stand-ins for sequences that required a little more agility and the the stand-in is the is the actor from children of the corn oh really yeah the the actor from uh i think kane is it kane from children of the corn yes that's that's that who that's who plays the uh the run around chucky which for me is it's the scariest version of chucky i still think the scariest version is when you see him when Andy's in in the um, in the I guess mental hospital, basically, um, you see Chucky kind of climbing the stairs outside. Oh, yeah, that all that shit, all the background ch- see, catching glimpse of Chucky, or when like he like you know is like standing up and looks down and runs out of the room or whatever. Just I love that stuff. That stuff is the scary. That's this. That's that's what scared me so much as a kid. For this movie specifically, I just remember, you know, I, I don't know how old I was when I came out, like six or, or seven, maybe like six. I think it was six years old. And it, this was I remember this movie with pay-per-view. That's specifically what I remember about this movie is pay-per-view. And maybe it was Channel 30 at the time in Boston. I don't know what on cable and you could watch it and they would show like at the first few minutes of the movie on pay-per-view way back in the day. And then you could call up a number and order it, mm-hmm. but it would then scramble and you could sometimes still listen to it when it was scrambled, or you could sometimes like still see it. And I feel like I don't know if this is right or not, but I feel like I like saw a lot of this movie, whether it was like a free preview, because I think they even did free previews sometimes, or they or it was like an HBO free preview or something, and I just saw too much of Chucky. <laughs> or in, and like I remember watching the pay per view channel scrambled and like being so afraid of Through Chucky. The static. <laughs> uh, truly. I mean, even just, just hearing it. And they'd always they would play the they would play like the trailer over and over again on the pay per view, too before the movie started or you know after it had started right and that scared the shit out of me too so this this is specifically a movie that that scared me more than maybe any other and I've told a story on my podcast Doughboys where I had a you know I had a moment where a Mickey doll grabbed my arm. <laughs> One night when I was asleep in bed, I remember Mickey doll grabbing my arm, and so much of that has to have come from this movie. I mean, it the, it, it happened because of this movie. Yeah, and it was probably a year or two after the movie had already come out. But 
still just scared the shit out of me. Sure. Hey, that Mickey's a freak. <laughs> he is. Mickey can be scary, too. <laughs> any doll. Any doll yeah. is scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I think I think it was I think it was Kane. I'm not positive Kane Children's Corner. I'm looking it up now. But he yeah, he played the uh the stunt double that that would run around. There you go. Fun yeah. fact. Fun facts. <laughs> um and they finally started filming in Chicago in January of nineteen eighty eight using the Brewster apartments, famously the home of Charlie Chaplin as the family's home, and wrapping less than two months later. Wow. They started testing with a two hour rough cut. Which, that's too long for this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the movie is, it's 90 minutes and it and it it, it moves yeah. quick. It starts up and then Carol from Empty Nest is getting hammered in the head pretty <laughs> pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it moves. And I think that it's to the movie's benefit. And Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, it, especially if they had sort of teased out sort of the whodunit aspect, I could see that being where some of the additional length comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was better to not even deal in any of that stuff. They, they, they yeah, they made Isaac. It's Isaac and children of the corn. Is, uh, is the kid. There you John, go. John Franklin is his name. He, he, he was, he was, uh, he ran around his Chucky for a little bit. But yeah. Two hours. Not going to, not going to work. That's, that's, that's too long. Yeah. And it got negative reviews from that and from the audiences mm-hmm. at the test screenings. And so Holland, Kirshner and Mancini, uh, cut the film up to reduce the amount of time Chucky was on screen, actually, something that Kirshner had advocated for during production to build suspense similar to Jaws or Aliens, uh, or Alien, excuse me. And after these cuts, it finally started getting positive reviews, uh, balancing the comedy and scares, and on release, it earned just over $44 million on a budget of $9 million, so pretty successful. Yeah, it's a success, especially back in the, you know, back in the day. Right. I'm surprised, I mean, that I feel the budget for this movie now would be way less. You know, I, I feel like there wouldn't be there wouldn't even be a nine million dollar budget on it. So yeah, and it's interesting because I think that that really is in the sweet spot because without that budget, there's no way the animatronics look as good as they do or anything. And I'm, I'm sure that the special effects are where a lot of the budget went to. Oh yeah, and I mean, and they look they look so good. Yeah, that's the funny thing is like watching this movie, you'd be like, oh. There's dolls like this, and you're like, no, they're what, like, my buddy or Teddy Ruxpin sucked so much, and seeing this, <laughs> seeing this doll, you're like, whoa, this doll is, like, scary, but looks, le- it looks legit, but obviously is, like, doing stuff that most of these dolls can't really do, turning its head and, like, blinking its eyes like a fucking creep. They, 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 they nailed it with the, they nailed it with the robots. They, they, they look really great. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back to the show. Hi, everybody. George here, and I wanted to tell you about a podcast releasing soon called We Heard About Pluto, a psych watch-along podcast where three psych psychos and their guests will be re-watching the series from the very beginning and discussing the show, from gushing about Gus to searching for the hidden pineapples and everything in between. Plus, most germane to listeners of The Best Little Horror House, one of those three hosts is me. I love psych, and I'm very excited to be talking about it with my pals Reegs and JP. So keep an eye out for We Heard About Pluto, because it's coming soon, and you know that's right. Back to the show. So to get into the actual movie, it starts off so good. Not only with the scene that we were talking about, but the pulsing score over the credits, I think, really like gets you jazzed and interested in. Uh, I oh, think yeah. Great. The score is great. The, the, the score is fantastic. Yeah, it's like a... Like there's a lot of like ding 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 ding. Like uh, there's like a lot. There's a lot of that stuff later, but it's it's played really well. A lot of creepy, like kind of a little kid creepy music too. Kind of kind of vibe, almost like a poltergeisty music. It's great. Yeah, 
it, it is great. And it also, it opens up on this detective casting off his disguise to chase a serial killer. What's not to love? Yeah. <laughs> detective Mike, yeah, Chris Sarandon or whatever, yeah. Yeah, Mike Norris, he shoots Charles Lee Ray, also known as the Lakeshore Strangler, which is a fun serial killer moniker. It's, it's I mean, it is great. I almost wish that we knew more about the Lakeshore Strangler. And it is just funny that, the, like with this serial killer that it's just like turned into a thing where it's like a foot chase and they're chasing each other and <laughs> shooting guns at each other. And there's another guy, Eddie, you know, That's Eddie, right. his partner Eddie. in crime. Yeah. And he, he sees this chase happening plus a cop car coming up after him and he just peels out and he leaves Eddie or he leaves Charles, Charles to fend for himself. Yeah. And so like you say, Charles breaks into this toy store we finally get the title card when the camera lingers on a pile of good guys dolls stacked to the dang ceiling. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved just watching the camera, like navigate this toy store and getting to scope out all the fun old toys, like power play hockey and all that stuff. Just fun it's, to look at. It was so great. I mean, like I said, it was that sort of thing of that. It was the best, the, the best and safest place for a kid to be. I think there's that just in what this movie plays on so much of is like, Oh, the safety of a child. Like he's safe when he's amongst, when he has his toys or he has his doll or whatever. Right. And then turning a doll villainous is just, it's perfect. And so in this toy store, Detective Mike shoots Charles again and he hits him in the chest. And so Charles, he realizes his impending death and he threatens to kill both Mike for shooting him and Eddie for leaving him. And so he performs this spell to transfer his soul into a good guy doll, which causes the store, as we said, to be struck by lightning. <laughs> Drop by lightning and explodes. This fucking rules. The shattering glass, the gathering clouds, the huge fucking explosion, and the stunt work with everyone just flying out of there. It's, it's fucking so crazy. There's <laughs> and this this happens. I mean, we'll get into it, but this happens a couple more times where I was like, holy shit, they do they do some big practical explosions and stuff in this movie. Yeah, the car flip later and everything. The car too. flip, the, the, and, uh, another house explodes entirely. It's crazy. They really uh, went for it. <laughs> they really did. And so Mike goes back into the rubble, and he finds the lifeless body of Charles Lee Ray. But the camera pans to a good guy doll that seems to have a suspicious glint in his eye. Really just a nice little like tease of what's coming. I, I love the way that they handle that. Yeah, I love I love that I love that Chucky is so lifeless for 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 a long while. It's it's like even when even when Andy has him, he's not he 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 plays dead for quite a bit. Yeah. But then yeah. again, the movie also moves fast. So it doesn't idea, feel like as long as it is. Yeah, the idea that Chucky could be alive is it like like I said, like fifteen or so minutes into the movie, this idea is there. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the early creepiness until you know until you actually see Chucky move is just you know head motions or you, you see him you know scuttering around behind or something like that, which could have been Andy. Yeah, and and this is when we first meet Andy. Is it cuts to him and it's the next morning. Like we said, it's a six year old obsessed with the good guys. He's watching the TV show. He's wearing the PJs. He's eating the cereal. I'm curious, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? That's a good question. When I, I mean, for me as an adult, still, I like Frosted Flakes. I love Frosted Flakes. And then I eat Raisin Bran as an adult, which, <laughs> which uh, I should probably even have like Cashy or something, but Raisin Bran is good enough. Yeah. And um, back then, Hmm. I don't know. I feel like there was Rice Krispies there. And then as a kid, I had Fruit Loops for, for a while. Cookie Crisp. Um, 
And Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles are a big one, which is kind of nice. kind of what he pours into his bowl in the beginning of 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 the uh, when he's when he's making that disgusting breakfast. <laughs> It was interesting. Like, so I had the classic situation growing up where I wasn't allowed to eat particularly sweet cereals uh, from my parents, but then I would like go to my grandparents' house and just go absolutely apeshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like at home, I would be eating like Cheerios, Rice Krispies. My dad loves uh, Kellogg's Product 19, a cereal no one has ever heard wow. of before. <laughs> you know what? I used to love Rice Krispie Treats cereal. That was one that I really loved yes. back in the day. That was great. That was one that I had at my grandparents' house. That was a big one. And Oreo O's were the two that I really wow, liked. Wow, Oreos. <laughs> These also remind me of, I think, the Super Mario Brothers cereal. There was a Super Mario Brothers and Zelda cereal that two different sides of the box had the different cereals. And I and right. just the idea of like these kind of thick, uh, good guy, like orange and green and yellow uh, cereal pieces that I kind of wanted to try it. I did want to try the cereal. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, it was good. It's it's always funny to see like what kind of licensed stuff does make it out there. <laughs> yeah, get some um, good guys cereal. They should sell that online. I'm so, I'm surprised that they they never did. Yeah, but so he does go wake up his mom, the widowed Karen, and they open up his birthday gifts. And I really love the relationship that they establish between them right away. And of course, it is brutal to think that he's getting a good guy doll, and then it's clothes, the ultimate slap in the face gift to a child. <laughs> I, I I put that on Catherine Hicks for like putting it in a good guy shaped box. Yes. <laughs> He's so excited to see the shape of the box and she put clothes in the box. I mean, like she, she, you didn't have any other box to put it in. It, it, it looks so much. Like, it's like, I, I think she realizes right away too. when she's like, you don't want to open the smaller ones first. <laughs> yeah. He wants to open the big one. It's it. I mean, like, the only way it could have been crazier if it was like a bicycle shaped uh, <laughs> present and then you opened it and it was closed. Like there's it's 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 truly insane how much it looks like that, like thin, tall box, which is very specific. Yeah. And so she is upset at his being upset. And so mm. she buys the doll from a guy on the street, thanks to her friend Maggie, uh, who yep, she works Maggie. with. And she returns to her job at the jewelry store counter which uh, she's at a department store and she gets hectored by her annoying boss who tells her that she has to come in later to cover a shift despite it being Andy's birthday. And so I feel like, does this, this would this guy have gotten killed in an, uh, is there, is there a longer cut where this guy gets the fucking, I hope so. It's destroyed <laughs> this guy. This, this was like a prime. He should be killed guy. Yeah. And he never like Chucky should fucking strangle him with his bow tie or some shit. <laughs> I, like uh, there, there, there's, it just felt like a lost opportunity or maybe it was scripted and they just, they cut it out or something, but he he does feel like the kind of guy who's like set up for a death later. Oh yeah. Um, if I was watching, if I was watching this movie anew and I'd never seen it before, I'd be like, this guy's toast. <laughs> he, he just, he just feels like a guy who's going down. He sure does. Well, Hey, you know what? Maybe he does. We don't even see it. He might've, <laughs> he might, he might've gotten killed. Maybe when, uh, when Chucky I is pray. crossing the city. <laughs> yeah. I, I pray Chucky fucking, <laughs> Just ran into him and fucking fucked him up. He's like, uh, just strangle you with a jewelry with a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> but so Maggie says that she'll uh, babysit Andy for Karen. Mm. And meanwhile, he's ecstatic about this new doll, Andy. And he learns that the doll calls himself Chucky. He says that he calls himself Chucky, which is, yes. oh boy. <laughs> Creepy as hell. Yes, absolutely it is. 
And so Maggie's watching him. It's Andy's bedtime. And like you said, Maggie finds Chucky sitting in front of the television, turned to a late night newscast about Charles Libre. Mm-hmm. And this is after she already put Andy and him to bed. And so I would she, say one of the big first big scares of the of the movie is when when Chucky's sitting in front of the TV again. Yeah. Kind of like a first big moment of like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> she returns the doll to the bed and she's pissed and she tells Andy that he needs to listen to her. But he says that he didn't put Chucky in front of the TV. And so she's creeped out a little bit now. She gets even more creeped out by some noises and stuff in a falling flower container. And this is when she gets hit in the head with a hammer. As you said, it's like this POV moment. It makes her stumble backwards out the window. And it's this really great shot as she falls in slow-mo through the snow. And then the truck crumples below her. Great stuff. Again, just another, like, you're like, whoa, I can't believe this is because it just shot so well where you see her hitting him and then you see her fall backwards out the window and then they, they cut to the the reverse and you see her falling out the window. Yeah. And then you see a body hit, like you said, it it, it, like hits a truck or a car or whatever. And you're like, wow, that was filmed really, really, really (laughs) well. A very effective death. So much so that it's the thumbnail on, on what I, and on what I watched. Last night, the thumbnail was the was her oh, falling wow. out the window and like the shadow of Chucky's face, like in the in the, in the background of the building. Wow. Yeah, it's here. I, it, here it is, right here. This is that was the thumbnail of. of oh yeah! Of, uh, Look at that! It's, it's it's the building fall, but great a great first death. It was funny to me that it was like the good guy hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that hammer fucking packs a punch. Whatever you know, that was like with the good guy set or whatever so yeah i also i like that it's not actually the thing that kills her it's it's strong enough that it like shocks her and and sends her stumbling backwards but if she had managed to grab hold of something who knows what would have happened yeah she was just kind of honestly a little bit clumsy yeah (laughs) but karen returns home later that night and she is greeted by a police barricade she rushes in to find Detective Norris there, who seems to suspect Andy thanks to the footprints and the flower on the countertop. Yes, the, 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 the flower footprints, which is funny to suspect the kid took a hammer to the babysitter's head. I mean, it what is, are the other options, though? I, I get you. You are right. I mean, <laughs> by the way, I didn't. I Mike, the detective, Mike, Detective Mike Norris, Detective Norris. Uh, he's he's the bad guy or the bad prince in Princess Bride. That's right. And he's the voice of Jack Skellington as well, which I, which are, which are some big credits. I did not know that he was Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. A great one. Yeah. I also, I didn't, I I had forgotten that Andy's dad was dead. We never really hear too much about that, right? He's just, he's gone. He's just gone. Yeah. There's like a sad moment about like where it with him and like talking about the dad in heaven or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, it's like a little thing there. It definitely feels like the kind of thing they like, well, we can't just not talk about it at all. <laughs> like, yeah, that's you know what I, I I wrote down the line. Andy says that Chucky is is Ch- Ch- or, uh, Charles Lee Ray was sent from heaven or something like a oh right. He says like Daddy sent him from heaven or something. Fuck. Oh up. boy, <laughs> which is great. Which is like filling in this thing of like this fucked up serial killer is like telling these lies to this kid, trying yeah. to explain why he's alive, which is great. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and so. Andy tells the detective and his mom that it was Chucky up there, which everyone obviously dismisses. But that night, his mom is even more unsettled when he tells her that Chucky told him that he was really Charles Lee Ray, 
again, like you said, sent by Andy's dad to play with him. Yes. And that Maggie got what she deserved, which yes. is really fucked up. And I believe he calls her, he also calls her, right? Is that where he calls her a bitch or whatever? Yeah. And yeah, very unsettling. It doesn't, it, 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 it's, it is, it's very fucked up. Yeah. And she's really freaked out because he is insisting that this doll is alive for real. And you know what? This is one of the moments where Andy being that innocent little kid works, works. well. Yeah, it yeah. works really well. Yeah. And so the next morning, Chucky convinces Andy to skip school. Loving Andy's jacket, by the way, football and a star peak design. Oh, it rules. And him, him taking the L with Chucky fucking rules, too. Hell yeah. Yeah. He's no one questions him at all. He's just hanging on to this doll, taking the L downtown uh, to Charles Lee Ray's partners, Eddie's partners, partner, Eddie's hideout. There we yep. go. Finally got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the reason that he does this is because last night on the news, Chucky heard that he'd escaped police custody. This is when that other explosion happens. Chucky sneaks in and he kills him with this gas explosion in revenge, which yeah. is also another great like pyrotechnic stunt work. Huge, uh, just a huge explosion. I mean, I, I got to tell Eddie. Also, they, they set this house up really well where, he, where Ch- you don't really see. You see Chucky's hand, which is kind of even the first time we're like, oh, is that that's the doll's hand? Kind of. You can't be too sure, but. He's moving through and they do the POV of Chucky, which is always great. And you're seeing this house and this house is just like fucking rats in it. There's a bunch (laughs) of rats in this house. But then this dude is just Eddie never really truly sees Chucky. He just starts fucking firing his gun. (laughs) Eddie is fucking paranoid, just fucking firing off his gun. And like you said, Chucky turns the gas up. Eddie opens the door and just fucking fires another one. He just is fucking firing this gun left and right. Eddie was a madman, and 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 he went down because of it. He got he, he fucking he got incinerated. He sure did. And yeah. so obviously, the police are suspicious of this small child who just happens to be around two violent deaths. And so they take him into custody for questioning, and he starts getting violent with the Chucky doll to try and get him to talk. Which this is something that I also really really like, where it it's, it obviously would just like further cement their suspicions that mm-hmm. the kid is actually the one doing it. If he's getting violent here, um, yeah. but he's just getting desperate to try and get him to show that he is alive. I think it's great writing there. Oh, it's no, that's great. And then of course he gets, they, he gets locked up. They, <laughs> they, they just lock him up. By the way, the, the other detective, the, the besides detective Norris, like the other guy, mm-hmm. he's a screenwriter. He's like a, he's like a writer actor. That other guy who's, who is, he's fun. He's a fun character. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote 2018's The Grinch. That's what I saw as a credit for him. So that's wow. he's still he's still up to it. Still he's up holding to it game. down. Holding it yeah, down. Certainly is. And yeah, so Karen is sulking at home now that they've put uh Andy in this psychiatric hospital. And so she put picks up Chucky's box, and this is where the batteries fall wow. out. Yeah, so good. The implications are just so scary, and it like Everything just like falls into place all at once. It's such a simple thing that works so effectively. It's so well, it's so well shot. Just the the, the moments are just work. They 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 work so well because there's there's a lot. This movie can feel like eighties at time, and there can be kind of quick sh- cuts between things. And but this whole segment works so well, where those batteries fall out, and they're good guys' batteries. Like the production, like the design on them are really great. Mm-hmm. And that realization in the music, and you're like, oh fuck, 
Yeah. Fuck, she's <laughs> she sees these batteries, she's gonna fucking check. Yeah, and, and that's exactly why she checks the thing, she sees the compartment is empty, and I almost think it's scarier that before he like really loses his mind, he just does the iconic image of the head spinning around and saying, Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? So fucking scary. Oh that's man. so I mean, and, and that to me is like I love fun later Chucky, but that is just the scariest thing. The, the head twists and then falls down and rolls and rolls under the couch. Yeah. And you're like, just wrapping your head around seeing something like that. What the fuck would you do? And what she, do you do? I don't know because she, she can't get him to do anything else either. Like he does this one thing, she drops him and then she like starts like shaking him and, and he won't do anything else. It is truly one of the scariest situations that I can imagine. He, he, and, and, and it is like, you're like, Oh, like, Charles Lee Ray, like in that moment, it was he like, oh, I'm busted and out. Maybe I'll just act like a crazy doll, like I'm broken or something. Like, Maybe. what is he? What is he doing here? And then, yeah, he threatens Chucky with the uh, with the with the fire. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she she says, I'm going to toss you in here, and this finally gets a rise out of him, and he freaks out, and he we, he comes to life. We get his, our first taste of Brad as Chucky, even though we've known it's still kind of shocking to see him come to life so realistically and start screaming about, I'll teach you to mess with me. You fucking bitch. Like it's, it's insane. Like, yes. Immediate. I mean, he's immediately so fucking hostile and yeah, I'll fucking kill you and fucking biting her. He's just, he's biting her and punching Down and her dirty. And shit. It's, <laughs> it's, it's insane. And then he escapes, which is, he leaves a nasty bite on her arm. He leaves a <laughs> fucked up bite. Yeah, well, I mean, her perfectly understandable reaction is to hurl this fucking doll as far as she can. <laughs> and it's 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 her. This is great here too because she like throws it, and then she's like, "Holy shit! Like, I need to get this doll." And like the doll kind of scurries away, and she's like, "What do I, I need to like still have this doll?" And she kind of goes chasing after it, but it, she but she loses it. Right. He he makes it into the elevator while she's uh, having to run down all these stairs and everything. Yep, it's great. It is great. And and so she heads to the police and they don't believe her any more than they did Andy. Yep. So she's like, all right, I'm going to go find the guy who sold me this doll. Mm-hmm. He tries to coerce her into giving him money for the info, yes. but she doesn't have anything to give him. And so he starts gearing up to assault her. Yes, which- there's an attempted assault, which probably should have not been in the movie. This 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 moment is not is not a great moment. No, it's uh, not ideal. It feels it feels very much an 80s thing of of oh it's scary homeless people you know that's that's kind of the vibe of, right. of that entire scene there's there's another moment of that too when when so 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 that moment hasn't aged well of course but there's a, there's another I fucking pulled my uh, I pulled my uh, my mic out I was so excited talking about Chuck yeah folks my- that's how into it we're getting here. <laughs> Fuck, maybe my Zoom is my recording my audio devices maybe is possessed by Charles Lee Ray. Ah. There's a possibility. A strong possibility. You heard us talking very, about a, him. A very strong possibility that <laughs> my Zoom is recorded is uh is 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 haunted by Charles Lee Ray. This tonight you're just gonna hear, hi, I'm Zoomy, wanna play? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd just be like, I'm just going to throw you in the trash. (laughs) Can't really move, Zoom. You you, you possess the wrong thing. (laughs) It just like jiggles a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny. I mean, he was lucky a good guy doll was in there because that is there's nothing 
There's nothing scarier than that. I don't know what other toy he would have been able to pull us off. A thing of marbles. He's just rolling around yeah. tripping people. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's kind of scary, too. <laughs> but so the, the, this peddler reveals that he got it from a burned out toy store. Mm. And this shakes Detective Mike, who admits that that's where Charles Lee Ray got killed. And so she tries to warn him that Chucky is going to go for him next. He starts to believe. He starts believing a little bit here. He start. He's, you can see him start being like, hmm, maybe this. Maybe there is something here. Which I would too. I mean, like, right? <laughs> if if you heard this, would you be like, well, wait a minute, what the fuck's going on? This yeah. little kid couldn't have just made this shit up, right? I, I Especially like that, back then. I like that he he does start to believe it then, but he also isn't like fully on board yet. Because mm. he he go, he drops her off at the apartment, and then he's like, "I'm gonna go pull these files, and I'm gonna go like do a little more investigation." And this is when he gets back into the car, and Chucky yep. finally pops up from behind him and starts to strangle him, which is also great. Which is like, uh, like you know, you're working with this robot, this little robot doll, and it's like, yeah, get him, get Chucky to strangle someone from behind in a car. It feels it, it feels <laughs> like it works, but they do a lot of fun stuff even in the car. And I know that Chucky like he strangles people. I think in I think Chucky like killing people or or like going after people in cars. It happens quite a bit because I think it must work well with the puppeteers. Yeah, and stuff he's like that. he's tiny. He can get in on the like pedals and stuff, which he does in this. That was one of my favorite moments when he when he's when he pushes down on the gas and yeah. and a little bit during this fight. But he's like, she's poking the knife through the back of the seat, and then he pokes it up in the middle between between Mike's crotch. Yeah. Basically, he's he's going all over the place, which is great. Yeah, it's it's honestly pretty terrifying to imagine being in those shoes because gets loose from the choking by melting some of Chucky's face with the car's cigarette lighter, which those don't even exist anymore. So good luck fighting off a Chucky these days. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking, that, that moment rules when he burns his face with it too. And like, you see that it's like kind of melts up and he's like, ah, it's like causing him pain. So it's like kind of working. It's fucked up. It's awesome. Yeah. I like that a lot. And then, like you said, he starts stabbing the kitchen knife into the back of the driver's seat, misses him by like inches. This is yeah. really, really great, really scary stuff. And of course, he's trying to drive the whole time as well. And yeah, and another, another, another crazy kind of like actiony, st- like stunt set piece here, where the, he's 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 driving around the streets of Chicago, all crazy. I want to say that also right here is the first time we ever get the the like maniacal Chucky laugh, where he's kind of having, where he's like, <laughs> where he's like having fun, right. You know, like that kind of that classic Chucky laugh. We get we get the first version of it here. I did a horrible impression of it, but you get it. <laughs> you, you know out there. You know what it you sounds get it. like. You know what it sounds like. <laughs> and, you know, he, he does finally get him to crash the car. He flips the car. Again, mm-hmm. great stunt work. Yep. And Chucky is, like, taunting him as he, like, runs around the car. I, I, it's really just more great stuff. And, and It's awesome. Running around, the, running around the car stuff, it just rules and it's so scary seeing his legs fucking run by it's awesome <laughs> yeah exactly this is this is exactly what you were talking about before where it's like the stuff about him moving on his own like the little bits is very mm-hmm. creepy and it's very effective but these moments where he is running and and like fully alive are the moments that really stick with you because it's so past the realm of like oh well i could maybe talk myself out of being scared of the doll like moving its head a little bit this thing is going crazy now 
it's that sort of thing in like the Muppet movie when you see Kermit. Not that this is scary, <laughs> but when you see when you see Kermit, no one is scared at this moment. Uh, I'm not revealing that I was terrified when I saw this moment, but when Kermit is riding the bike and you see like Terrifying. a full puppet, <laughs> you see if you see like the full puppet riding the bike and you're like, or the Muppet, and you're like, wow, holy shit, this is this looks fucking cool yeah and then to see like his little feet scamper around it just it looks it looks it looks great yeah and when you're like you're saying when it's when he's really tooling around you're like oh man this is it's it's he's this guy's quick he's a quick little fucking <laughs> monster he's terrifying yeah i agree i think that that's a really great example of the muppet movie i think that any time that they're able to sort of pull something off like that though not only is it just impress like scary in moments like this but it is just impressive from like a, a props work standpoint, like oh yeah, another. Uh, I mean that bicycle uh, scene is incredible. Also, when he is like the cowboy and he's just like standing there on his own two yes. feet, that's another that incredible moment where you're like, wow, are they even doing this? It looks fan. It looks it and and it like brings a weird believability to the movies. You know what I mean? Like you you believe that I'm like, hey, yeah, Kermit's doing that. He's standing there. It's Kermit. <laughs> Hell yeah, it rules. Um, and Detective Mike manages to get a shot off into Chucky's shoulder, which does make yeah. him run away. Yeah. And so the next day, he, he feels some, he feels some more pain. Right. Which, by, by the way, at, th- at this scene here, one of my questions was like, and I do I do wonder if there was ever a version of this, but I, or, or if maybe if they would do this nowadays. But I was like, Detect- Mike could have died. There's a world where like Mike could have died in this movie, and it probably would have been right there. Yeah. Though obviously at the he he comes around and then you know like, but at the end you could have had anyone Andy, the, other, the and, detective partner or whatever the, the other partner, but or even just Andy and his mom. Yeah. And I do wonder if like nowadays he would have he would have he would have just gotten fucking shot here, but but I like that he stays alive. I like I like I like Mike Detective Norris is a nice guy. Yeah, he it is an interesting character. I think that the the fact that he is willing to sort of accept what's happening uh, it makes him a little more interesting than someone who might be similar in yeah. movies uh, that that uh, you know have have come out over the years. But I like yeah. him as well. I, I'm happy that he stays alive. Yeah, and right after this, we get to see one of the most insane things in the movie, which is uh, Charles Lee Ray's apartment. <laughs> this apartment is fucking wild karen goes there and she is just staring in disbelief at the paintings on the walls depicting voodoo rituals and everything it is just it's he put a lot of work into it yeah so charles lee ray he like painted this stuff on his wall of like his basically of his friend who's into voodoo like teaching him how to cheat death basically like the, i mean i think he really maybe even writes those words on the wall or something like yeah. that but that he he that's what he did. He did, Charles Lee Ray did this himself. He wrote the he like drew this on the wall. He didn't want to forget. He was look, if someone gave you the secret to escaping death, you'd be like, I am making sure that I never forget any part of this. Which and in, and then it's really crazy. I mean, one that this guy's friends with him, but I mean, we'll get into this guy too. But the guy is not happy when he sees Chucky cuz Chucky's Chucky Chucky sees him and just in and shortly after this. Yeah. And and yeah. Well, I like that we also get like a fun fake out here in this apartment where like a shadowy figure comes up behind Karen while she's staring at these walls and you're like, oh shit, who is this? Because it's too big for Chucky. Mm. But, uh, oh, it's just Mike. It's Detective it's Mike. Mike. <laughs> he believes Mike her now. Mike now knows. He be- yeah, all it took was Chucky trying to stab him in his car and he now is on board. <laughs> 
And he is the one who tells her about Chucky's voodoo teacher, which is John Dr. Death Bishop, who is conveniently being visited by Chucky right now. Dr. Death, I there should be a Dr. Death prequel. I want to know more about Dr. Death. I, <laughs> I, because he's really he seems to be really mad at Charles Lee Ray. He's like, you're an abomination or whatever. It's just like, well, you taught him how to cheat death. You right. this what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> you knew this guy sucked. So what's the deal? Yeah. Yeah, he so Mike is he's telling her that he found this information. He he wants to go check out the doctor, but Chucky wants to know why he's able to feel pain and even bleed despite being a doll. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Death explains that the more time he spends in the doll, the more human he will become. And so Chucky demands that John help him reverse the spell, but he he chastises him for perverting all that he taught him about voodoo, which is an interesting sort of like what like you taught him how to do this and then he did it and that's the bad part there there might have been there might have been some stuff with dr death that was cut i couldn't tell but like yeah it is kind of it is confusing what <laughs> you were friends with this guy weren't you but but he seems he seems very anti-chucky yeah and this is why we like, need that prequel we need the backstory i thought, I thought you might have said that and then he has a fucking voodoo doll which is you know like a crazy death but also is a, a pretty fun death to see here where where he's where he starts breaking his arms and his his arm and his leg. It's definitely the most over the top so far and yes. I I like it a lot. It is very fun. It is also pretty gruesome. <laughs> like the arm It's and definitely leg gruesome. That's my exact note. It's gruesome when his arm and legs break. It's gruesome. It's a gruesome moment. Great minds think alike. Truly. And so now that his, he's in this agony, Chucky is threatening to kill him, and mm. uh, Dr. Death tells him that to escape the doll, he has to transfer his soul to the first human that he re- revealed his true self to, which is obviously Andy. Yep. I'm going to be a six-year-old boy again, is what he says. <laughs> he gets a whole new, whole new lease on life. Which is also, it's funny, yeah, I mean, like, he's, he doesn't seem as, he doesn't seem as bummed out about it as you think he would be. <laughs> He probably is like, oh, I'm going to get away with so much stuff. No one's going to believe that this kid is the one being a serial killer. <laughs> but, you know, one, one thing I really like is that Chucky does stab the voodoo doll and kill Dr. Death. He, he betrays him. He goes back on his word of saying, like, oh, I, like, I'm going to kill you unless you do this. Uh, I, I like that he's like, no, I'm a fucking serial killer. <laughs> like, this is what yeah. I do. Yeah. And he, he escapes, and Karen and Mike arrive shortly after, but unfortunately... A little too late because John is dying there, mm-hmm. but he tells he tells them that Chucky is going for Andy, and that although Chucky is a doll, his heart is human enough to leave him vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They got to destroy the heart. Which by the by the way, to just go back one second, if you if you break into Charles Lee Ray's house and you see that you're painted on his wall, <laughs> just just know that that doesn't keep you safe. He'd, he'll still fucking kill you. Yeah, <laughs> S- someone that he painted on his own wall. Still not good enough for him. He'll fucking destroy you. He'll stab. He'll he'll use a voodoo doll and he'll stab you in the heart. He's Charles Lee Ray is ruthless. He doesn't give a shit about anybody. I, I, he really is kind of interesting that like he he has all these compatriots, mm-hmm. but he's so willing to sort of cast them off. And I think that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it shows that serial killer side of him, yeah. which it's weird because like Eddie, like I was saying, some of that stuff just like makes him seem like kind of like. Oh, these guys like 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 you know like bank robbery, kind of like trying to steal money. Guys, they feel more like that. 
instead of like a serial killer who really works alone, you right. know, but you know, him often these guys does show that that yeah, fucked up I guess, serial killer uh, side. He was just waiting for his moment. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy sees Chucky arrive at the hospital. Like this is the scene we were talking about earlier where it's really, really oh, freaky rules. to see him running over. Yep. It's I the scene is so effective. This is one of the moments where again, him being a believable child instead of a great actor is really the effective part of it. Cause he's just sitting there like sobbing with snot all over his face, just repeating, please don't kill me. Like it's so hard not to feel bad for him there. Oh, definitely. Yes. No, that's uh, that this whole, this whole hospital scene is great. And uh, like you said, the outdoor stuff and it, it could just cuts together really well. And, and Andy who eventually tricks Chucky, but you are like, Oh fuck, poor Andy. Yeah. I don't want. I don't. I. I. You. You. You feel bad for little Andy. He, he. You care about this kid. He's a likable kid. Yeah, and over the. I mean, the past three days have been hell for this guy. His. his yeah. His aunt died. He's accused of it. He's in the psychiatric hospital now. There is a funny line where 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 Catherine Hicks is talking to Mike Norris. This is a little bit before when she's trying to convince him, and she's like, "When I bought that doll yesterday, you're like, oh yeah, it was. It hasn't even been like a full day." <laughs> They haven't even, they've had the doll for like, a. it's been like a day and a half and all this crazy shit has happened. It's wild. Yeah. But he does manage to escape Chucky's first attempt at killing him though, by escaping his room. Mm -hmm. But Chucky drops on him in the operating theater. Yep. And uh, the doctor comes in, he attempts to sedate Andy and he gets killed by Chucky for his trouble via tendon slicing and then brutal electrocution. This is another really fun death scene. This is a great death, and this doctor, like the guy who works in the department store, earned it. This 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 doctor is like so set up to be like this doctor is fucked. Like, uh, which is why I'm still shocked that the department guy store. I'm gonna write some fan fiction about the department <laughs> star guy, but there's when he when he slices his yeah his Achilles or his whatever that or whatever he he gets right. his tendon there and he falls down. The you, you see Chucky's feet scurry there too, like around his head. Yeah, and it's fucking, it's great and creepy looking. And then he just fucking, yeah, he fries the shit out of this guy. He really fucking fries this guy. <laughs> this guy, where his face is like is turning like like uh, starts turning to ash. Basically, it's it's insane. It's great. It's really really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andy escapes while this is happening. I, I like that. Like. The thing that lets Andy get away is Chucky just being so caught up in like killing someone else that he loses yeah. track of him. <laughs> That's he does. He he enjoys the killings, which is very funny. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Andy makes it back to the apartment, and then there's a great scene, dude. That one-handed bat swing is pretty impressive for a doll. That, even but I was gonna say there's the funniest scene in the movie to me. The funniest, the funniest Chucky is comes right before this, where. Andy has escaped to the apartment, and then there's an old couple on the elevator, and Chucky's just laying there. And the the woman says, she sees Chucky, and she's like, oh, what an ugly doll. And then they get off the elevator, and then the elevator goes up, and you hear Chucky go, fuck you. <laughs> a big, long, a big, long, drawn out, fuck you. It's like such a funny... That's that's maybe as funny as he gets in this movie. Yeah, it's a great moment. That's the kind of thing also that... They were just like, this would be fun if someone commented on it. Like, they didn't have to, sh- like, the- I bet that when they were cutting stuff down, they were like, yeah. do we need this elevator scene? And someone had to fight for it. And I'm glad they did. 
Oh, it's great. It works. It works great in there. And then, like you said, just moments later, we're back to scary Chucky when he like falls into the falls down the chimney. It looks so cool and good. And then when he fucking whacks Andy with a baseball bat, it's insane. Oh boy, it's this little child. He knocks Andy right the fuck out. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Chucky starts doing the transfer ritual, but Karen and Mike arrive in the nick of time, and so Chucky slices Mike's leg with the knife as well. Mm-hmm. goes to kill him sweet revenge at last this is a big moment for chucky but karen shoots chucky's leg then throws him in the fireplace and uh this is she's holding him there and this is when andy gets his schwarzenegger one-liner he says i, I you know it is kind of set up it is weird that they're like it feels a little out of place for him to have a one-liner but it is set up in that chucky is like Hey, he's tortured do- this kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's tortured Andy, and you're right. Yeah, Chucky, like, pleads with him. He's like, hey, don't do it. We're friends till the end. <laughs> friends to the end, which is great. And he's saying it more in, like, the Charles Lee Ray voice. Right. But I was I was going to say, Chucky's just always fucking biting at Catherine Hicks. It's so <laughs> scary when he's just, like, he's punching and biting everything. He's just such a little fucking scrapper. Sh- such a little scrapper and then he gets tossed before before he gets in the in, in the in the fireplace he gets tossed and he jumps up with his knife and it looks so cool there's so much cool looking stuff at the end here yeah and and he just it's it's like horrifying but also like it's that sort of thing of like we've seen the monster now the monster's out in the open yeah but it still looks looks really great and also i want to say this quickly to go back to the the tra- the, the 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 transfer of his soul into andy's it's very, it's like I don't know if that's a language that he's speaking or if that's supposed to be like you know whatever, the, like he's doing this voodoo spell. Mm. But it is fu- it is funny to me that there's like he's speaking seemingly speaking this other language, but then also he's like give me the power I beg of you. <laughs> <laughs> there is still you still do hear one line that is in plain English that you're you're you get that he's like calling to some gods yeah. to. Uh, to transfer his uh, his soul over, which is it's great that that's he does that throughout the rest of the movies, right? Give me the power, I beg of you. Is like a, you hear that over and over again as as the series goes on. Yeah, I, I love it, and I think that that's another example of sort of um, like the father sending him from heaven line, where they do a really good job of sort of filling in just enough to make yes. sure that you understand without having to sit there and exposition you to death. Yeah, the one method of death that Chucky has not done. <laughs> <laughs> also i feel like you know what i'm i'm throwing out alts and stuff and there's an alt where chucky could have possessed andy at the end like that's could have been how the movie he made, ended the, he made the move yeah he made the move but i love i love i love everything i love how this movie plays out in every way but we're at the fireplace and andy's tosses in his match yeah he does and there's so much fire like he, oh yeah <laughs> he really ignites and chucky goes fucking chucky's just is fucking screaming like crazy mm-hmm. he's going off which is it's it's awesome and him like him running around on fire rules yeah yeah, it, it's great, and and you think that it's all over, and so they mm. uh, they all go to help Mike. But as Doctor Death said, the only way to kill him is through the heart, and so we That's get right. another chase scene again, very grotesque with this burnt up Chucky as he's running around. It's so good looking. Oh, the dude, the the burnt Chucky is it, it fucking the best. It's, yeah. First, they reveal when Andy sees that he's gone, and then when you when you finally. I mean, you see, you see the burnt Chucky before that, which is gnarly, but then the reveal of living burnt Chucky, he's 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 so fucking cool looking. Yeah, yeah. And him him walking towards him walking towards Andy like all burnt is just 
it's iconic. It, it's so absolutely. good. It, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. And and again, this is the sort of thing where it's like if they didn't have that budget, like you're just not sure that this sort of thing would come off believably. It would really sort of be a detriment to this movie. And the fact that they managed to execute these incredible set pieces that are not even the set pieces, but just like stunt pieces and prop pieces that mm-hmm. are just so, so incredible. This it is rules. the kind of thing that makes it stick in people's mind. You know, ultimately if it had just been a movie about a talking doll, Still probably would have been really scary, but I don't know that it would have found as much of a foothold outside of people who had seen it young if yep. it hadn't had these incredible moments. Agreed. And we get we get some more good stuff with like the shining. Chucky kind of pulling a shining, stabbing uh he's like stabbing through the door. Yeah. With Catherine Hicks. And he fucking he gets her he gets her hand too. He fucking stabs her hand, which is Yeah. Which, incredible yeah. that she still manages to make the shot when, yeah. when he gets her uh her arm, but she she does manage to shoot Chucky to pieces. Um, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and so Mike's partner Jack, that's the the other guy's name. Uh, he Jack. arrives at the apartment, and after he sees Mike wounds, he calls for an ambulance. And he asks mm-hmm. them what happened, and Mike tells him that it was the doll. But Jack refuses to believe it, obviously. And so double fake out. We thought Chucky had finally been killed. He instead Mm-mm. bursts through the vent and tries to kill Jack by strangling him. Fucking awesome. It's so great. The <laughs> head on the TV, the head on the TV, like the burnt head on the TV and Jack seeing Chucky be alive. It's just it is so great that you're like, oh, man, it's just like this little nub of Chucky is still alive. Right. And until that heart, you got to hit the heart. Got to hit the heart. And. Karen pulls Chucky's body off him, throws it across the room. Mike shoots Chucky in the heart, finally killing him for real as the voice transitions. This is a nice moment where it pitches up to the normal good guy voice. I'm Chucky, wanna play? And that goes back to normal. So great. So good. So good. And also, by the way, hitting the heart and the the explosion from the heart is fucking great, too. Just the explosion of blood it leaves on the (laughs) wall and curtain is so good. Yeah, I love that a lot. And, you know, Mike asks Jack if he believes him now, to which Jack replies, yeah, but who's going to believe me? And it really is this kind of thing of, like, who these three, there are so many deaths littering the city, and no one is going to believe these three. Yeah, what the, like, what is this weird conspiracy? (laughs) It's, it is, that is wild. I mean, it, it, and you, you, you get that sense. He delivers that line really well where he's like, like we're fucked and now I'm a part of this shit. I don't I I wish I'd never seen this. Like uh this this sucks. Yeah. Who would want to see it? You you that would it would it would destroy my world. I wouldn't want to see that some fucking doll came to life. It's terrifying. Absolutely. I mean, it, you can see it on Andy's face when he takes one last look at Chucky, clearly traumatized by everything yes. that's happened. And in a uh, very 80s freeze frame ending that we get. <laughs> yes, I agree. Although, you know, it is the sort of freeze frame ending where you do wonder if they were like, well, maybe if we get a sequel, Andy will be the killer this time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. The movie is so good. I love, I love the movie. It truly terrified me as a child, but I think people don't take it seriously as a, as a horror film. I, I think that they think of, you know, I think Chucky's kind of like a laughable character, but He's supposed to be like hokey later on. He's supposed to be kind of a fun when the movies get campy. He's he's supposed to be kind of like a fun comedic yeah. killer later on. But 
this first movie and this and I really enjoy some of the second Child's Play Two. There's a lot of great moments in the second. The Toy Factory in Child's Play Two is so great. Oh, man. All the stuff in the in the in the in the Good Guy Factory to yeah. be uh, to, to be specific is is a uh, is is so good. All that all that stuff rules. But this movie is a lot better than I think people give it credit for or or, or even realize. It's 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 re- it's just really well done. And like you're saying, the animatronics and that budget, which is a little higher. It, it leads to that because if you if you read the script of this or whatever you're like what is this this is all over the place this is crazy but it works the movie works it works great yeah yeah i agree and uh, and now mitch we've reached the point of the show where we sum up why this is not just a good horror movie but why mm-hmm. it is in fact the best horror movie ever made and uh, i'm gonna let you kick it off well i think the reason that this is the best horror movie ever made is because it put the fear into children. I mean, Freddy and Jason are scary, but it just takes that that thing of a child's doll, something so you would never think about ever ever coming to life and stabbing you to death. These things that you just take for granted, and these things that you love, these big toy stores, these uh, you know, like a my buddy dolls, and just corrupting them completely, you know. And that's 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 what's terrifying to me about it. I just think it. I think it. I think it works so well in that. Chucky was up there with Freddie and Jason, who were the Freddie and Jason of the in the eighties. Those are the those are the two top dogs, and you know Michael Myers too, but seventies. Yeah, he, we, and, we already had his time in the sun. He had his time, but you know, like in in Freddy Krueger, and then it's like this little doll. This little doll is among the icons of of horror, and 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 just playing on that thing, the 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 fear of a child, which mm. even look, Freddy Krueger, he comes after teenage kids. Jason, he comes after teenage kids. They usually there's I know that there's younger campers in Friday in, in the Friday the thirteenth movies that they never harm, you know, like in, in like I don't know in Only in part six. Only in part six. It's part six, that's yeah. what it is. Okay. And so like this is the real threat yeah. of a of a sweet child dying and his soul being taken over by this serial killer forever. And it's fucked up and terrifying. It's the it's 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 the thing that you like everyone everyone fears of like an innocent kid. And like I said, corrupting the things that they hold dear and, and that they think are safe. Yeah. And for that reason, I mean, just as a kid, it built that fear into me. But when you think about old dolls, like my fucking grandma had a doll that she wanted to give my sister that's like 100 years old. Fucking terrifying. And there is something there is something to, to seeing things like that of of these lifeless things in like in them having life something something given life that that did not have life before which is a terrifying concept and that's why it's the fucking best horror movie of all time that's why chucky is still at universal horror nights in in la and in 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 florida why chucky is still has a big role and look he becomes funnier later on the movies get more campy but in this first one seeing him scamper around and that idea of like Who's killing people? It's a doll, and then seeing that be real, that that fear realized of like, oh my god, it is real, and now I'm getting stabbed by the doll, and I'm dying, or I'm getting hit with a hammer in the head, and I'm dying. That shit is terrifying. It's great. Yeah, I, I totally agree. To me, this is the best horror movie ever made because of that subversion that you're kind of alluding to. I, I think that Freddy nightmares are already scary, and mm. Sleepaway Camp. You know, for a kid, you're away from your parents. You're maybe spending time by yourself for the first time away from them. That's Mm -hmm. also scary. But this is subverting something that is supposed to be very safe. This is the inversion 
of what children hang on to dolls for security and mm. for them to take that security away from you is yeah. really, really incredible. And it's great that it is just like put in this like big corporate. Th- it could be anywhere. It could be any doll in America. It could be in any house in America. Yeah. Just this fucking stupid doll. And especially when you're like, yeah, those dolls are like life, life, like life. They're lifeless like that. And even sometimes when they do like those, like, oh, they, they, they do bring them to life when they move their head around and they play their stupid recordings. <laughs> and then to see Charles Lee Ray take over them and, and, and when he's Chucky and the head turns around and it's like that twisted, that moment right there where Catherine Hicks sees him and he rolls under the couch. That to me is like one of the scariest things ever <laughs> in, in horror movies. And I know that a lot of it comes from childhood. But that's where a lot of our fears come from. Hell yeah. It's those childhood fears. Kinder trauma. That's what they call it. It, it works. <laughs> it it sure stuck does. with me. And I, I also love that uh, Don Mancini has talked about how he doesn't condescend to horror. He really loves it. And I think that yeah. that is on display. Because you can sometimes tell when someone is making a horror movie just because it's usually more effective to make with a low budget than some of the other genres. And you know they just think that they might be able to make a cheap buck off of a horror movie. But... With Don, I think he really does love it, and having a lasting icon made between Brad and Don working on this, I think it couldn't have happened to a nicer group of people. Listening to them on the uh, commentary track that I, I listened to was just so fun. They're such nice guys, and um, that's what makes this the best horror movie ever made. I agree. There's, that, I mean, there's a lot to that point of that these guys are still making these movies, and they still care about these movies. Which, like in our, you know, in the world of the, in show business and in the film industry, the idea that these guys care about their property and care about their fans and care about the cult around Chucky, the cult of Chucky, <laughs> they care, they care about that stuff, and that fucking rules. What, what they mean, like it's it's that sort of thing of Wes Craven, rest in peace. If like he was still making the nightmare movies and still, you know what I mean, like still was. Like, I care about what people think about this. I care what the fans think about it. I mean, he's no longer with us, but you get what I'm saying. Just yeah. the the fact that it spans over 20 years is is, incredible. is wild. It's wild, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Mitch, I mean, this was so much fun. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. Thank you. Yeah, over 30 years, by the way. It's How long has it now? It's God, Chucky's oh, going to be 40 years old in like five years. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. fucking crazy. That is crazy. And uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to the TV show. So me too. Me too. I'm happy that I got to. I'm. I'm happy that I finally got to do this, man. I'm. I love. I love Chucky. I love Child's Play too. And yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. I. I, I feel like. Uh, I feel like I would love to see that version if that if that's what the TV show is like. Yeah. To see like uh the kind of the scary version of little glimpses of of Chucky and Chucky running around uh, that will be fun. A little chaos, Chucky. Yeah, I uh, I hope that it's good, and uh, I think it will be. But uh, why don't you uh, tell the people where they can listen to your to your show? I love Doughboys. I highly encourage people to go check it out. Oh, thank you, dude. Yeah, tell them all about it. You got you got some big news coming up too, right? Yeah, we we got the Doughathon. We got the with the, the Doughathon is May first, uh, which is a, a, a twenty five hour live stream we're doing for charity, which is a lot of fun. And uh, the podcast is Doughboys, which is uh, you can find it anywhere you find podcasts. And then we got the Doughboys Double, which is on Patreon, uh, which you can subscribe to for uh, a few bucks a month. And uh, yeah, that's it. I uh, I got nothing else. Go check out the Doughathon. I'm really looking forward to it myself. So yeah. Oh, and Tomorrow War, July second comes out. July second. That's a, a movie I'm excited about. Which oh, is yeah. actiony and should be kind of 
it should be scary too. So I'm excited for people to see it. Hell yeah. I can't wait to see it. And, uh, as far as my plugs, you can find me on Twitter at little horror PHL. Um, the show also has a Patreon. We, uh, do bonus episodes early and ad free episodes. Uh, we're doing a watch along of the X files, which is my first time watching. So, uh, if you like the X files and you want to chime in over there, just sign up for the best little horror house in Philly, Patreon and rate and review. Oh, yeah. if you're enjoying the show. That's it. Thanks again. <laughs> Thank you, dude. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good one. See ya. Bye.